Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's move. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, back for another episode of Woo! Fantasy. Oh, yeah. That is, of course, myself, the fantasy man himself, Roto Superstar. In the background, of course, you heard the real FF Goat, co-host, Mr. Nick Heffley. How are we doing, sir? Good, brother. Last uh, last week of the year that we won't have uh, fantasy guys on our team or be drafting here, so dude, I'm 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 ready to get going, man. I've been I've been doing way too many damn mock drafts here of late. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's officially upon us. All the uh, preseason football games really get off and popping on Thursday night. Uh, the season is ready to get kicked off. We're ready to kind of get into the mode of fantasy drafts. Uh, if you haven't done many to begin with, if you're waiting on your draft to start, uh, they should be coming around the corner as the calendar has switched the page over to August. It's fantasy draft month, ladies and gentlemen. I know we're both excited for what's to come over the course of the next couple of weeks. Dude, uh, well, and not to mention, but let's let's give a little shout out to uh, my host here, Brandon, who collects a little hardware. Uh, up in up in New York uh, this last weekend. Tell uh, tell us about it. That's true. Yep, uh, we're we're recording and putting the show out a little a little bit later than normal because I uh, was in New York City over the weekend for the flex draft on Sirius on Sirius XM on the Fantasy Sports Radio uh, channel on Sirius XM with uh, Jake Seeley, who proudly puts on this uh, shindig each and every year. I collected the the hardware, the belt. For the PPR league from last year, you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before. Uh, but yeah, I did. A, I, I brought the championship home with me from New York City this weekend. Uh, we did hold the draft this past weekend. I was involved in the snake draft uh, that took place on Saturday. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, uh, it is on demand on the uh, SiriusXM app. Uh, so if those of you out there that do have SiriusXM and you have a, an account with them, it's on the app. Go pull it down uh, and go listen to all the drafts. I mean, they had the Superflex draft on Friday night. They had the auction draft right after us, uh, but I was in the snake draft myself. And uh, I figured we'll go over that just to kind of touch on things real quick and just give you guys a, an, a heads up on how some of the experts viewed some players in this draft. And right off the bat, 
biggest thing, of course, I had the 11th pick in the draft right there at the tail end. Uh, draft starts off six running backs followed by six receivers uh, in this draft. I mean, it's something you don't really see it very often. Uh, but the first six running backs off the board, you went McCaffrey at one, Barkley two, Kamara at three, Elliott at four, which we'll kind of touch on, Le'Veon Bell at five, which was a little bit of kind of a shock to the room, but Jeff Ratcliffe, I believe, is the guy that pulled the trigger on Bell at the five spot. So uh, it might have been a little bit of a reach, but David Johnson was the sixth running back off the board in the first round. Then followed by another shock of a pick to start off the run, the wide receiver run in the first round. Odell Beckham Jr., first receiver off the board. Hopkins, Adams, Julio Jones. I took Juju Smith-Schuster at the 11th spot. And then rounding out round one, Michael Thomas. Uh, your take on the first round of this draft. Uh, of course, I mean, Bell at five and Beckham as the first receiver off the board are immediate red flags for me. I mean, that's eye-popping draft picks right there. You know, if you take a look over at least just the top 12 guys that went in the draft here, I think these are top 12. I mean, I, I you know, granted, you know, a couple of these guys could go at the tail end or, excuse me, at the, at the start of round two. But, I mean, what, whatever order you got these guys in, I mean, I think these are top 12 guys. Yep. Um, you know, especially in a league like this, I mean, you know, these are some of the best of the best. I know you mentioned a couple of the names that you had in your league there. You were drafting 11 and got Juju uh, at 11 there. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure you're probably hoping, you know, David Johnson or Le'Veon falls to you. But it, it was, the interesting pick to me of round one was Odell as the first wide receiver that went. But, you know, whatever order, if that's you got as number one, then then go for it. Yeah, it's – I mean, if you view your your guy there as, you know, that's the top player on your board and you want to go after him, then by all means, make your pick. But I, I do want to point out the auction draft that followed us. Odell Beckham Jr. was the uh, highest purchased wide receiver in that draft as well. So uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was widely viewed as the top receiver in both of these drafts this weekend, which uh, I – Dare to be different, I guess. You know, a lot of people are buying into the camp videos, seeing a lot of the highlights that Beckham uh, is putting forth in camp so far in Cleveland. So uh, the hype train is out of the station and rolling on down the street, from what I can tell through these drafts as, so far. As, as we would tell the We Fantasy podcast, woo, woo! That's right. That's a that is a double woo. That's a woo, 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 guys. You just did it three times, not <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah, I'm throwing a little bit extra in there. Okay. That's how I feel about it. But anyways, yeah, it's – I mean, it was kind of crazy. But, I mean, we'll touch on Elliot real quick. Of course, the news that came out today, uh, Josina Anderson from ESPN did put out the report talking about that uh, Elliot indicated back in January that if he did not receive a new deal that he would entertain the thought of sitting out the entire season. Um, but if you really kind of if you read into it a little bit deeper and you kind of find some more quality information out there that you can find through Twitter, uh, this is by no means a if he's not paid he's not playing situation. Um, he's he he's locked in a situation where he cannot become a free agent if he sits out this year until I want to say at least twenty twenty. 
Um, so he's he's more than anything, or actually it might have been 2022 from what I saw. So he's really hurting himself in the long run if he does not play. Of course, not to mention the fact that he's losing money by the, by, the, by sitting out camp practices, sitting out games. Uh, Dallas has given him a what they call a generous offer that would put him at top five at the position if he were to take the deal. Uh, I think eventually they're gonna both sides are gonna work this thing out. He's going to come back into the fold. He doesn't have to really go through training camp rigors. I think he knows the offense. He knows what his role is. He'll be just fine. Uh, of course, and then you see in this draft, he goes fourth overall. So still in that top four tier. Uh, I'm still not worried about Elliott currently. But if we get to the week of week one and he's still not in camp, not showing up, and we haven't heard anything new, then I might adjust my position on that. But right now, I'm not. Not worried at the moment. We talked about it last week. I mean, you know, him, uh, Melvin Gordon. I mean, but these guys worry me just a little bit. Maybe, maybe uh, Gordon more so. Maybe Melvin Gordon a little bit more. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. Last year, you you were the victim of Le'Veon Bell last year. I was. You had you had no you had no qualms. He was not coming back. You know, you thought he's going to be back by week one. No problem. No worries that he wasn't going to be back. And what happened? He didn't come back. I mean, me for me personally, I, I think both these guys are going to be back in play. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any reservations about that. But uh, people out there in Twitter land, you should have a little bit of reservation. Like after what happened last year, I mean, these guys aren't scared of going out because I mean, look at Le'Veon. Le'Veon got paid. Um, I mean, I, I think a guy like Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson definitely go up a little bit, but. As the cowboy Homer, I mean, should Ezekiel Elliott miss some time? Who, who's gonna, who's gonna be the guy there? Should Zeke be out week one? I, I, we talked about this earlier today. Um, if he were to miss time, I think it's going to be a little bit of a split, uh, more so with Pollard being involved. But Mike Weber's going to have a have a role in this offense as well. And of course, most people are going to lean towards the fact that they did bring Alfred Morris in late in the week last week. Uh, but more than anything, that's just a that's a camp body. They're bringing him back in. He knows the offense to a degree. He knows the offense. But now we've got more. You know, this is Kellen Moore's offense. Uh, the young hot shot, former quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, it's gonna, he's installing a little bit more creativity from what I've heard through camp reports so far this year. So uh, it's not going to be your regular old fashioned Cowboys run offense. Nothing creative in the passing game whatsoever. Uh, there's some. There's going to be some wrinkles with this team this year, but yeah, it's it's going to be mostly Pollard uh, with Weber sprinkled in. I'm not concerned about Alfred Morris. That guy, he'll wind up as soon as Elliott comes back. Alfred Morris will be shown the door. As Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He should be. Uh, so, yeah, that that's how you view this backfield if Elliot were to not show up, but... Again, I have to reiterate the point that I do think things will work out, and he will be back in the fold. At you at least got to prep for you at least got to prep for that not happening. Look, all I know 
is the words Kellen Moore and Hot Shot do not mix. Sure it does. You know, come on now. <laughs> coming from the guy that's got Mitchell Trubisky throwing ducks in practice in camp so far. Coming. Kellen Moore has never thrown had a six touchdown game like Mitch Trubisky has. So yeah, throwing it out. <laughs> so, but from all indications, is is that he does have a very sharp mind when it comes to creative, yeah, creativity with an offense. So, I mean, yeah, I it remains to be seen the product on the field. Maybe we see it a little bit in the preseason. Uh, maybe they don't show anything at all in the preseason. And they hold their cards back until the regular season. But, uh, I mean, I'm just going based upon reports that I've heard so far. And we'll leave it at that until actually actual games are played. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> but, I mean, that is right on. You know, we're, in, we're in game week, so we're going to see some games this weekend. So Thursday. Thursday night. I'm ready for it. But, anyways, back to this draft. Uh, second round here, uh, starting off second round, Joe Mixon was the first pick of the second round right in front of me, uh, which then left James Conner on the board, who I took, uh, with the second pick on the second round. Uh, just to finish out the, finish out round two here, you had Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey finally off the board, pick five round two, Todd Gurley finally off the board, pick six of round two, then Antonio Brown, followed by Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Nick Chubb, and then the hotly contested Damian Williams to finish out round two. Uh, what's your overall take on how round two unfolded? Uh, I mean, again, I, I I don't I don't think there's a lot of surprises with these guys. I mean, they're you it's know kind you of may be traditional so far round two. You're yeah, I mean in round two. I mean, I mean, different formats. You may have a little bit of a mix, but I mean, this is this is pretty traditional on who should be going in these spots here. I mean, I I, I did like your start of the double uh, Pittsburgh Steelers guys going James Conner. I think you and I, you know, chat about it at the time when you made that draft pick. I would have done the exact same thing you did. Only I may have gone Michael Thomas over Juju, but I mean, I've got those guys right there together. So. Um, Pretty much, almost any Steeler touchdown that's going to get scored this Coming year. Coming through me, <laughs> you're you're going to score, and we'll talk about it later. But your very last pick was Big Ben, so literally, literally any touchdown you want to have scored uh, in the Steeler offense, you're, you're pretty much going to have a little bit of a touch of it. Um, you know, the 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 thing that interested me a little bit, you know, what what we've seen, and I and I think that's a, a little bit of a change up too is with. With Tyreek Hill, um, you know, coming back in the fold, and it looks like he's going to be there with no suspension this year. Uh, is is you're seeing Travis Kelsey keep getting moved down the board a little bit? He hasn't changed. I think he's going to have still pretty much the same season, but I, I don't I don't think he's going to have the astronomical, just crazy numbers people I think were thinking at the beginning. So he's starting to slip a little bit in drafts. But um, other than that, I mean, I think the only other pick that I think is going a little higher that I, I don't think. Um, that I would probably have taken around two. I may have had somebody else over him. Probably Aaron Jones. I don't really see Aaron Jones the second, more of a third round guy for me. But that's probably my only rule. Yeah, and that's what I was wanting to point out is that there were a few. There's a few question marks in this round. Players that uh, already have injury concerns surrounding them. Aaron Jones being one of them. Hamstring, not practicing in training camp so far. Uh, same goes for Damian Williams, uh, also a hamstring, has not been on the field for practice. 
Andy Reid seems to be a little bit frustrated that Williams has not been there and gotten involved yet. Um, between these two players, uh, are you stu- starting to lose a little bit of faith in them in terms of fantasy value, or uh, it's still early in camp and you want to kind of see how it unfolds? Yeah, but I, I think it's pretty early. I mean, I think, you know, for me, Damian Williams is somebody that I, I, I mean, I, I'm starting to look at a little bit as, as somebody who, you know, obviously depending on, on where I'm going, but he's a guy that, I mean, the offense that he's in, especially now that Tyreek is back and able to balance that offense out a little bit, I, I, I like his prospects for this year. Yeah, go back two years ago. Go back, go back two years ago when he was in Miami. Like, you would have never thought this. I mean, he had a decent season with the Dolphins, but you never thought that he would be going round two kind of conversation. But that's where we're at. Um, you know, the one the one conversation we'll – you know, actually, I'm not going to get into it. We'll talk Antonio Brown later. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on the AFC West, guys, as we get into the discussion of AFC, AFC West. So, uh, uh, the, the remainder of the draft board I will put out um, – through the podcast account on Twitter, Woo underscore Fantasy, if you want to check out the entire board, kind of let us let me know how how you thought my draft went, as well as how this draft looked overall. Maybe yeah, we should, give we should us put a up a little rating. Grade. Yeah, give us a little rating. Yeah, put up put up a grade. We should have a little voter button. Let me button know there. what team you think will probably win this league if it's not me defending my crown this year. Uh, but I do kind of want to touch touch on a couple more of my picks, maybe you know, just to kind of run down the rest of the board for me. Uh, Zach Ertz, you know, of course, if you heard me talk about it on SiriusXM, Zach Ertz falls to me uh, right like there it. at the tail end of round three, uh, 11th pick of round three. Crazy amount of value. I don't know why Zach Ertz fell down to the end of round three, but it's no-brainer pick at that point in time. That was one that's – that was a strategy that I kind of talked about going in with Nick uh, is that being at the tail end of a round or the beginning of a round, you know, you kind of have to either get out ahead of a run or you need to start the run yourself. And I made sure that I got tight end because I had a feeling if I didn't get a tight end early enough in this draft, it was probably going to be very detrimental to my team. Zach Ertz falling into that pick. I mean, I mean, Nick, Obviously, you're a big fan of Ertz yourself. No-brainer pick there at that point in time. Oh, 100%. I mean, where he was going, I I, I was uh, – I don't, I don't know if any, any of you guys were listening out there when, when Brandon was doing the flex draft on on uh, the Fantasy Sports Channel on, on XM. But uh, when he fell, I was like, dude, I, I hope the guy Brandon gets him. I, I, unfortunately, I had a little bit of a delay from when actually Brandon made the pick until when it got posted there. But – uh, you know, I, I mean, that's one of those guys, you know, I, I think you'd lose a little value if you go tight end the first couple rounds here, but tail into round three of the guy like Zach Ertz, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, so, um, good, obviously. Good, good pick. Um, then followed it up the next few picks after that, Kenny Galladay in round four, uh, which I did take him over Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, some of the players of around that tier. Uh, I that was a pick that I made that I kind of felt I was shooting a little bit more for upside there instead of kind of a floor type pick that you would see with a Julian Edelman type. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle, followed by Jarvis Landry, and then quarterback. Finally get the quarterback in round eight and went with the fifth quarterback off the board, and that was Baker Mayfield. Uh, through the eight rounds, I think that's where I feel 
I felt like this this team was ready to win some games eight rounds into this draft. Uh, I think I did really well with picks that I made through the first eight eight picks. Uh, but the way the kind of the build the board seemed to fall after this point in the draft, that's when uh, I kind of started shooting a little bit more for some upside, maybe some steady producers. But first eight picks off the board, feeling all right with the team. How uh, how would you gauge how the board fell through eight rounds? Uh, top eight, I think you're doing pretty good there. After that, you got you got some some definite uh, definite home runs you need to hit there, but. Top eight, you're looking pretty good. Uh, I did add to this team. Uh, there were some there were some home run pulls. Uh, went with Devin Singletary. Went with Justice Hill on this team. Uh, also Paris Campbell. Uh, so there there's some there's some guys that I went after that I think have the potential to have some breakout appeal this year. Uh, but the cards kind of need to kind of fall in my favor. And Devin Singletary, we're hearing a lot of good things coming out of camp right now. Uh, one, I think they released the depth chart yesterday. He's third on the depth chart behind McCoy and Frank Gore, but he's ahead of TJ Yeldon, which is a good indicator for his involvement in the passing game uh, for the Bills offense. So, you know, there's still talk that, you know, LaShawn McCoy might be shown the door. Uh, if that does happen, then I've fallen into a guy that's going to be an absolute starter for this, uh, this Bills roster as my running back four. And then Justice Hill, I think, is a pick that I took. Uh, definitely PPR appeal. I think he's going to be involved in the passing game for the Ravens. A lot of dump offs, creating space, get him out there, try to try to create some uh, some mismatches against opposing defenses. Uh, but definitely tried to go for some uh, upside plays through the remainder of this draft. Uh, any any pick uh, through the last few rounds that you did like, something that you didn't like as you look at the board. Uh. Pick that I did like, I, I, I like the Devin Singletary pick. Uh, I, I think he, I think he stands a chance to, to really do something good this year. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Even if they do or don't keep LaShawn McCoy around, I think he has a really good chance to, to come in maybe a little later in the year. Um, the, the, the pick that I just, I, I don't know where all the love is coming from. I, I talked about it the other week. Justice Hill, I, I really just don't see being a factor. I think Mark Ingram's going to be the guy. I think they're going to mix in some Gus Edwards. I really just do not see Justice Hill being any kind of a factor, uh, fantasy worthy wise in that offense. 
that's just a more than anything a flex play for me. Uh, we we agree to disagree on Justice Hill. Uh, I do I do think there's some uh, appeal for Justice Hill this year uh, in that offense. Uh, I mean, he could be a guy that could come in and perform kind of on the level of Naheem Hines last year with the Colts and uh, be a back that's going to come in and get you 50 to 60 catches in year one just based on how this offense is going to be rolled out. And that's I mean, just that's how I feel about that with uh, Justice Hill. I know you've got uh, other feelings. Very much so. Previously. Uh, but, yeah, that's yeah wraps up the flex draft for me. Uh, it, was, it was a great time. First time in New York City. I had a great time up there. It was a blast. Uh, great time hanging out with everybody post-draft. That was the biggest thing. Yeah, I got to hang out with uh, a few of the guys like Brandon Funston and you know, Jeff Ratcliffe did get to talk to them a little bit. And then you know, post-draft hung out with Jack Seeley and the guys. And uh, Definitely want to shout out Kenny Cashman, who was there and also involved in this draft. And hey, uh, He's the guy that's the bright mind that's involved and runs RotoWare. So if you've not checked out RotoWare, definitely go check them out. Uh, follow them on Twitter. Anytime something happens in the world of sports, this guy is throwing out T-shirt ideas as soon as they drop. So, like, over the weekend we saw uh, the Baker Mayfield. If you haven't seen it already, you've seen him shotgunning a beer at the Indians game. It probably was six hours later. Rotoware had already released a T-shirt uh, that said shotgun formation with a beer can on the ground and Baker Mayfield's number six on the t-shirt. It's just an absolute, absolute, uh, just home run of a, of an idea and got to meet Kenny. Uh, good dude. Definitely wanted to shout him out. So if you haven't checked out RotoWare, definitely go check them out as well. Uh, but mentioning drafts, of course, we got to mention one of the sponsors of the show, and that is the Fantasy Football World Championships. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't be a show ourselves without the Full Time Fantasy Network podcast. Definitely network. not. Uh, we're glad to be a part of them. But if you've not checked out FF Play FFWC yet, go and get involved with the drafts. Uh, they got you set up on any of them, whether it be a slow draft, best ball type format, season long format. Uh, there's such a large amount of a prize pool. Uh, you can play any of them from the $35 drafts all the way up to as high as like a $300 entry fee, if not more. Depends on how much you want to spend to get in your drafts. So check out Play FFWC. Uh, also follow them on Twitter. Uh, be on the lookout. Set your travel plans for the Fantasy Football World Championship that takes place First weekend of September, I believe it is, is uh, September 6th and 7th. So uh, if you're interested in going out to Vegas, hanging out with the guys, being out there for some of the podcasts that are going to be going on, check them out as well. And that is, of course, Play FFWC and any of the other podcasts on this network, Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check us out on Twitter as well. That's Full-Time Fantasy Pods. Uh, go check them out as well. So now we transition over into what the show Segway. is about this week. And that is the AFC West preview, uh, the fantasy preview for the AFC West. And we're wanting to kind of jump into that and get things off and rolling. And why not talk about the, the hot team 
of the AFC West, the team that we were all excited to watch last year, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, oh, oh the Kansas Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah. No, that's next year, sir. We're not <laughs> jumping the gun a little bit a year ahead of time. No, that's next year. I'm, the Las I'm Vegas. always known for doing that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a good, that's a good segue from the Fantasy Football World Championship that's in Vegas. Welcome. To the Las Vegas Raiders. That is what they will be known as as of next year, but... No, we're going to start off talking Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, the chefs. So, oh, man, Patrick Mahomes. What can what can we say about Patrick Mahomes that hasn't been said? Guys, the absolute QB number one in fantasy football. I don't see that changing as we enter in drafts right now. Where are you comfortable in drafting Patrick Mahomes right now? Round five. Round five. He he's not gonna you know he, here's here's my deal always with the top quarterbacks. Every time I've ever drafted a quarterback early, they've never performed up to snuff. Never. Um, I think Patrick Pat Mahomes is my number one quarterback by far and away. My number one guy. I, you will not find him on resting on my team like you did on a couple of my teams last year. It will not happen. No. He's gonna go too. He's gonna go too high. I think he's gonna have a good year, but. I, Again, we've talked about it on this podcast all offseason. What's the news? Do not draft your quarterbacks early. Wait, wait, mix and match. I would so much rather get uh, a higher value guy. If he's if he's lasting maybe latter part of round four, start around five. That for me is when the value becomes worth it. If I ain't getting him in that spot, all these teams, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have, we're gonna have Mahomes going round one in some drafts, dude. You know it's gonna happen. Oh, I have no, I have no doubts that he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be pulled. The trigger's gonna be pulled on the turn for some of these teams round one, round two in some drafts, uh, especially some of the you know the home leagues and everything that we uh, we're accustomed to seeing. But yeah, yeah. You know, just to jump on and reiterate that point, no, it's we're not gonna draft Patrick Mahomes. We're likely not going to have him on any of our rosters this year. I don't think he makes – you might be comfortable with drafting him in round five, but he won't make it to round five in any single draft that I know of out there. Uh, the, the lowest – and that's even in the experts draft that I did with the flex draft this last weekend. Mahomes went in the fourth round. Uh, and this is a And this is a draft that's usually everyone knows, hey, let's wait on our quarterback in these drafts. Mahomes still goes in the fourth round in that draft. So – just imagine, be ready for Mahomes to be going late second, early third in a lot of your drafts out there, the home leagues and things like that. You might, you know, your buddy leagues is what I like to call them as well. Uh, definitely QB one off the board. Yeah, I read an article early, earlier today. And somebody was pointing like pointing out res, re, regression candidates for the 2019 season, and Mahomes was mentioned as a regression candidate. I mean, let's be honest here. The guy threw for 50 touchdowns last year. He's going to regress, but his regression, he goes from 50 touchdowns to 40. He's still the number one quarterback in fantasy. Let's let's be honest about that. So you can say he's going to regress all you want to, but he's still going to be the guy at the end of the year that's going to be the top quarterback on the board. Uh, Just – Somebody's got to take him. I'm just not sure it's going to be us or any of the listeners to our podcast. But uh, you did. We did kind of touch on him a little bit, talking about him in the flex draft. Uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, the wide receiver core. 
You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got Nicole Hardman. Hill has now firmly entrenched himself in the second round of drafts. Sammy Watkins, Miko Hardman. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of Watkins kind of finally settling in. I uh, believe his, uh, his ADP, if I can find it real quick, 78th overall. So that puts him in the seventh round, 30, 31st at wide receiver. Uh, seems about right. As uh, His ADP, he's around guys... Robbie Anderson, Will Fuller, Dante Pettis, Christian Kirk. Um, are you interested in Sammy Watkins this year? There's not a chance I'm touching Sammy Watkins. <laughs> look back at look back at the man's numbers. I, I've been burned by Sammy Watkins too many times. The man had ten games in this offense last year. How many touchdowns did he have, B? Three. Yeah. Three touchdowns in ten games. That absolutely gives me zero, especially as early as he is going. His name value apparently is too much up there. Is he, if he's going in the 10, 11 round range where he should be going, I'm probably buying in a little bit more. Seven, eight round range? Dude, that is way too rich for my blood for a, a, a guy that to me is, is just not as dynamic as what he used to be. I, most people are just, they're buying him because it's the simple fact that it's a guy that's in the Chiefs offense. Uh, that's the only reason that his asking price is a little bit higher. Uh, but I agree with you. He's he's always been too much of an injury question for me. And as much as we always want to dig on Will Fuller and some of these other guys that are you know, that pop big numbers one week and then disappear for several weeks, uh, Sammy Watkins is just as bad when it comes to that. He he's worse. He'll show up one week, won't show up for two to three weeks, but then winds up being injured, and you don't know if you can actually use him. So. I mean, Will Fuller is Will Fuller's out there, and on one week off the other, on two weeks off one, off two. Sammy Watkins off for like a month. Like yeah. he does, he he's Jekyll and Hyde. I, I want guarantees. I'd rather have I'd rather have a, a sleeper like a Cortland Sutton or Christian Kirk in that range, not a Sammy Watkins. So I I know what I'm getting, and it's not good even in that offense. Yeah, there's just there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of upside. I mean. You're you're really you're paying a price just because of the offense that he's in, but uh, you're going to wind up being you're going to shoot yourself in the foot when he's missing numerous games because he's just he's shown that he can't stay on the field. But uh, Miko Hardman, the other guy that you know, he we saw a large increase in his ADP early on with all the confusion whether or not Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended. Uh, now you see him falling further down the board. Uh, now he's kind of getting drafted in those mid to late rounds. Any uh, any interest in Hardman? Are uh, you looking to pull a trigger on him late in drafts as a flyer? Because now he, you know he's locked in as the third option in the receiving core. Uh, do you, but now you know that the targets just are not going to be there. Or do, you, do you have any interest in Hardman? You know, I do. I, I mean, I think he's I think he's a guy. And granted, I, I got him in Colton Wolfman draft. I think eighth, ninth round or so, which at the time, if, if Tyreek Hill wasn't going to be there, I was a big fan of him taking a huge step this year. I'm with Tyreek Hill in the fold. I mean, that is who that is. I mean, he is he is Tyreek Hill. I mean, but I think there is a spot in there for this offense for him. I, I don't want to take him high, but if I'm taking him in the last five to six rounds of my draft, 
I could do a whole lot worse with a guy on a crappier offense there. I mean, there's going to be touchdowns to go around. Even if he throws 40 touchdowns, you got to think 10-plus go to Kelsey, 10-plus go to Hill. They're going to have five or six touchdowns to the running backs. Where are those other 15 going to go? Nicole Hartman stands a chance to be able to catch some of those. Yeah, somebody's got to get them. <laughs> That's for sure, but... Uh, I I do like Hardman still as a late round pull, uh, just for the sheer fact of being an offense. There might be a chance later on in the season he might kind of really start to eat into the Sammy Watkins role, and you know, as far as snaps on the field, so uh, I do like pulling Hardman later on in drafts. Uh, Travis Kelsey, we did mention, you know, he's obviously the tight end one in fantasy right now, so we don't really have to discuss on him. Uh, you're obviously going to be okay drafting him mid-second round, right? I won't be taking him mid-second round, but that's where he should be going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not going to pull the trigger on him. I know no. that for sure. I think, I, I, again, I, I think I think it's one of those things for me, if if he's going around three like you got with Zach Ertz, I think that's the right kind of value for him. I, t- for me, and I, I don't know how much we've had a chance to delve into this in a lot of our bigger drafts, I don't see the value in taking a tight end that early unless you have a point and a half for a tight end reception or first downs or something like that. I just don't see the value in taking a guy because you're going to lose out to me too much at running back or wide receiver. Yeah, now I'm right there with you. But uh, moving on, finishing up the Chiefs, we'll talk about the running backs real quick. Damian Williams, of course, I did mention he's yet to be in, in camp, yet to practice, hamstring injury. A little bit of frustration with Andy Reid on the fact that he's missing time in these practices. Uh, I've still got him right there on the cusp as a fringe RB1 in fantasy. Uh, I'm not worried yet. I think he he can miss a little bit of time. I think that role is soundly his still. Uh, And on this offense, we've seen Kareem Hunt do it. We did see Damian Williams do it down the stretch last year as well. Uh, The the fact is, is if he is the starting running back for the Chiefs, he's valuable. He's going to put up RB1 numbers. But are we starting to see cracks in Damian Williams' health already? Do we think he's going to be missing time? Is he becoming more of a risk now? Well, let me, I, I don't know what the story is of Damian Williams. I, for me, I, I, I'm not devaluing him any in here. I tell you, I tell you, he's starting to get a little bit of hype. Who, I'm not buying a stinking bit of it. Carlos Hyde. I've been down this road. There's before. been mixed reports on Hyde though. I've seen uh, over the last several days. Like I, I've I've seen I've seen that they've been saying he's doing doing a great job. This and that. I. I you know, Carlos Hyde has had his, had his chance when uh, he's been in two offenses here recently uh, with the Browns and Jacksonville that, that they've dealt for him. He thought, oh, he's going to do well. Carlos Hyde isn't crap. He's not going to be crap. He's not going to do anything. Hey, guess what? Don't worry about it. Carlos Hyde's not doing anything. Don't even worry about taking any draft. No. Seriously. No. Now, if I, I mean, if I'm pulling that late second-round ADP and drafting Dar- uh, Damian Williams – uh, the name for me to watch is Darwin Thompson. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be the guy you want to pull late in your draft. Uh, if you are if you are handcuffing Damian Williams, I would go and pull Darwin Thompson off the board later on in your drafts. Uh, he's going to be the guy that say something did happen to Damian Williams. He's going to be the guy that's going to get that job as the season progresses. So Darwin Thompson is the name to monitor there. 
Uh, I don't know about you, Nick, uh, but I, that's the that's the way I would handle the uh, uh, situation currently. I 100 percent agree. Yeah, that's that's that is the Kansas City Chiefs. That is uh, that is their team preview. Of course, it is you know, a very very fruitful fantasy situation. With this offense, uh, and a lot of us, we you know we're going to try to get pieces of this offense. Uh, it's going to be high scoring again this year in 2019. So uh, definitely get involved with that team if you can. But then moving on to the San Diego, no, Los Angeles LA Chargers. Super Chargers. That's right, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, just barely missed out on winning this division last year behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coming into the season, we already have the issue. Melvin Gordon, who knows if he's playing, who knows how long he's sitting out. We do realize that he's going to wind up missing some time is what it feels like right now. Uh, so how how are you, how's the outlook? Melvin Gordon, we staying away currently. Is that how we're viewing Melvin Gordon? I think he's going to be back at some point, exactly like I do with Zeke. I, I think he he's going to be back at some point. How long? I think I think those two guys are very steadfast and they're fine sent out just a little bit and missing some games there. Um, Melvin Gordon, I think at this point, I think I think your flex league that you did the other day had it right. He's about a round three guy. I, I'm willing to take a chance on him in round three and maybe go for one of uh, Austin Eckler and, and for me, a little bit more of, uh, uh, Justin Jackson in, in drafts and, and, and hitting those guys up. So I am worried about Melvin Gordon. He wants to get paid. They're a little bit far away as far as, you know, terms go. I'm not taking Melvin Gordon the first two rounds. I love Melvin Gordon. If you told me right now that Melvin Gordon, if he was fine and didn't have this contract dispute, easy first round pick. No worries whatsoever. But with this, He's a third rounder for me. Yeah, I was actually doing a mock draft with uh, some of the guys from rotoballer.com earlier before the podcast, and I was drafting from the 10 spot, uh, and I started off with the uh, started off the draft and went with, I uh, believe, I went Le'Veon Bell, Dalvin Cook uh, in the second round, went receiver third, Fourth round went Melvin Gordon. Uh, is where I went. So at that point in time, I felt like Melvin Gordon was a adequate value in the fourth round as my running back three. Uh, so if he comes back and plays a pretty good amount of games, then of course you know that's a steal of a pick in the fourth round. Uh, but if he misses time, I do have two starters ahead of him. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, I'm missing out on my RB3 that could be in my flex spot each and every week. But if you draft well enough behind him, you know, depth-wise, you should be able to overcome that. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I mean, right there, tail end round three. I think you're going to see Gordon see in that range of tail end round three, uh, early round of four uh, is what I think you're going to see with his value moving forward until we really get uh, more concrete information on if he's going to sit out and how long it's going to be. So uh, most people, if they're when they're pulling the trigger on Melvin Gordon, I think you're going to see them grabbing him as as an RB three uh, by attacking a running backs early in the draft. So that's what I think you should do with Melvin Gordon right now until we know more down the road. Uh, but 
into uh, the remainder of this offense. Keenan Allen, we know, great wide receiver, fringe wide receiver one. Uh, looks great in camp so far. I'm not, uh, I'm not questioning him and his fantasy value. Uh, looking at a guy that should be drafted right now, tail in round two, early part of round three. I don't know if you have any disagreement there. No, no, no. Always been, always been a guy that I know has been uh, quote unquote a friend of the show. Yes, exactly. I mean, I've always been a very staunch supporter of Keenan Allen. Um, died on the Keenan Allen heel. He's cost me seasons before, but I've come back for more, and will continue to come back for more with Keenan Allen. Just a great player. Uh, oh, just PPR monster. Know the guy's going to get targets. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's galore in this offense. But now, Mike Williams, bona fide wide receiver two in this offense with the uh, departure of Tyrell Williams finally. Are we buying into Mike Williams this year, finally? Can he put together an, a whole season, or is he going to still have cons- consistency issues throughout the year? You know, you look back at this year they had last year, 10 touchdowns last year. Yeah. It's, he only had 664 yards, only 43 receptions. Um, I mean, he had a good year last year, at least in terms of touchdowns. I mean, I think his numbers, I think his touchdowns go down by maybe one or two. His yards go up by a little bit. I've got him ranked as a number three uh, wide receiver on on my board. I have him at number 26 uh, on my board personally. Um, You know, right there around some guys. I mean, he could be a guy that could, you know, see wide receiver two production. But I'm a little more comfortable giving him as a three for me just with the inconsistency that he has. Yeah, that's the same thing with me. There's uh, Mike Williams. I'm, I've gotten to a point in a couple of drafts where he's been available and I've kind of been looking wide receiver, and I've just not been able to pull the trigger on him yet. Um, I've got him, let's see, currently looking at the overall rankings real quick. Let me switch over to wide receiver. Uh, he is on my board. At the moment, I have him down at 32 um, in my wide receiver rankings, and I've got him behind the likes of currently right now Chris Godwin, Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis. So uh, those all three players are guys that I would consistent I would consistently grab ahead of a Mike Williams in my drafts. Um, I just don't know I don't know if I'm ready to buy into Mike Williams yet. I mean, the potential's there. We've seen him do it ten touchdowns last year, just like you mentioned. 
but can he put it all together and be a guy that's going to be a value for you in PPR formats? That I do not know. Um, so if the price is right, then yes, I will jump in on Mike Williams, but I've yet to kind of come across the point where I've really felt like the price is right on Mike Williams. Uh, his ADP right now has actually got him at 24th at the wide receiver position, 57th overall. Uh, so you're looking at a guy that's going tail end of round five. Are you paying a round five price for Mike Williams? Okay, Bob Barker. <laughs> uh, no, the the price is wrong. The price <laughs> is wrong, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's way too rich for my blood. There, there's guys who, I, you know, for me, Mike Williams is, not, is a guy that's going to have a good year. Well, let me put this don't... out to you. He's, his ADP, like okay. I said, 57th. He's 24th okay. wide receiver. He's going ahead of DJ Moore. Would you take DJ Moore over Mike Williams? Actually, no. Mm, okay. Interesting. I would take DJ Moore over Mike Williams. Tyler Boyd over Mike Williams. Oh, Tyler Boyd's going over Mike Williams. Jarvis Landry over Mike Williams. Uh, tie. Hmm, push. Okay, I got <laughs> push. Uh, followed, push. The next two names followed right behind him. Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey. Either one of those two guys you're taking. Uh, uh, I'm... You know, I let's see. Let me go. Let me go to the trusty big board here. Uh, I am going Mike Williams over Allen Robinson, and I am going by a hair. I'm going Mike Williams over Alshon Jeffrey. Gotcha. So that's very interesting. So we do have a, it, 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 it is. a couple of different outlooks split, with Mike Williams. Split backfield. I mean, Mike Williams is one of those guys that you know. He he's coming. What year does this be for Mike Williams? Uh, he's in his third year now. That, that's correct. That, that usually seems to be you know a year that guys really start to perform. You know, there's other guys that I really like over Mike Williams, but uh, I mean, the good thing for Mike Williams, he, he hasn't really shown the yardage that he's getting can can be you know a top flight number one guy. He's had the production from from an output perspective that he's catching touchdowns, which is the one thing that excites him. The one thing now granted Tyler Williams is gone so I like that the one thing that I think is going to hurt his value and, and I'm, I'm dropping a dime on another little forecasting which I know you hate me doing we we got Hunter Henry there that's going to vulture some touchdowns from him I am sure yes I do agree and that's a good segue over to Hunter Henry uh who is a guy that's we're seeing already you know some excitement in in some drafts right now I've got him inside my top, my top five at the position. Where are you okay with Hunter Henry, who's tied in six in ADP, 65 overall, so being drafted in the sixth round? Does that sound about right on Hunter Henry? Yeah, you you and I are right there on, on value on, on tight end. He is in my top five. He was I, – I felt so bad last year. He screwed up my tight end. Uh, rankings of what I was going to do. He was a guy that I was going to jump all over last year in some tight end drafts. So the guy wound up being Evan Ingram, who didn't have a bad year, but didn't have the kind of year that I expected him to have. It was him and him and George Kittle last year. Thank God I got Kittle in some league. Um, but no, Henry Henry is that guy that we we all know the propensity for for Philip Rivers to throw the tight end. So he, he's a guy that I, I think is going to have a great year this year. I'm right there on board with you. I've I've been very uh, very high on Hunter Henry all off season. Uh, I think he's in store for a great year. He's looked great in camp so far. So 
Like sky's the limit for Hunter Henry moving forward, which all these passes are going to be coming from Phillip Rivers, who is, again, just a kind of a steady contributor each and every year. He's not going to He's not going to burn you. He's not going to be a guy that uh, is going to finish, you know, around 20th at the position, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to finish inside the top six. Uh, He's just that steady contributor each and every single year. He's right now QB 16 in ADP, uh, going behind Jameis Winston, going ahead of Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson in draft. So, uh, Phillip Rivers, a... Very sound target for you as a QB two in fantasy drafts, I assume. Give give him give give him to me as a number two quarterback in every single league that I have, and I'll be a happy camper. Um, he's he's always he's always going to bring it. Uh, nary a year goes by where he does not have a great. I mean, look at his numbers last year. I mean, he he has he has over four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns or damn close to it every single year. He's the model of consistency. He's got a great offense yet again this year. And and Phillip Rivers, I trust. Him and all his 17 kids. Phillip Rivers, you trust. Uh, So I do want to touch on, we didn't really touch on it with Melvin Gordon, but uh, backfield, how are you attacking the backfield if Gordon's not on the field? Are you more in the Austin Eckler camp, or are you more Justin Jackson's camp? I'm in the Justin Jackson camp. Let me tell you why. Should be because that is a smart thing. Let me let me tell you why. You know, <laughs> a a Austin Eckler's going too high in drafts right now. He he's almost he's almost getting drafted like a James Conner was last year, which James Conner had the ability. He had nobody behind him. He was a he is a solid running back. And if we knew Le'Veon Bell last year was going to be hurt, we probably would have taken James Conner quite a bit higher. Austin Eckler, I had Austin Eckler. I bat, I had Melvin Gordon in. You know this. I had Melvin Gordon in almost every league last year, which he did not disappoint, but he did get hurt for a couple of weeks. I had Austin Eckler and backed him up in every league. You know what Austin Eckler did when, when Melvin Gordon was out? He didn't do much of anything. He, his value was inefficient as a running Horrible. Back. I think he had one good game toward the end of the year when Melvin Gordon missed, and outside of that, when he was the starting guy, he didn't do anything. Justin Jackson, you go back and look at his numbers – he was the guy. He was the guy that when when Eckler then got hurt and it was Justin Jackson, he was the guy that performed. Yes, yeah. Justin Jackson was a guy that uh, was a, a a sound contributor for many fantasy football championship teams down the stretch. He had that two or three game run uh, where he really took hold of the backfield, where Austin Eckler was either banged up or they realized that he just could not shoulder the load in the backfield. So, uh, yeah, we both agree there. Justin Jackson's going to be a guy that we would target. Uh, let everyone go after Austin Eckler uh, earlier on in drafts and be the smart person and go after Justin Jackson. Especially if you're a guy that's going to go ahead and take the risk and draft Melvin Gordon, be sure you do go out and grab Justin Jackson because I think that's going to be the way to attack that Chargers backfield for this season. Uh, you win either way, in my eyes. I think you're going to have a, the starting running back for the Chargers either way you look at it. Uh, but uh, after the Chargers, let's let's head on over there to those aforementioned Raiders. A lot of changes for this offense as we head into the 2019 season. Uh, of course, Antonio Brown now in camp as a Raider. 
Tyrell Williams as a Raider. Josh Jacobs drafted starting running back for the Raiders. But we still have Derek Carr. <laughs> so, uh, how, uh, how are you viewing this offense? Uh, we'll start off with Josh Jacobs. Being, being drafted consistently as kind of one of these mid-ranged RB2s in drafts. Uh, are you buying him at his current ADP? Are you gonna, are you gonna try to get him a little bit sooner uh, than what his current value is right now? Which I will pull it up for you real fast. Uh, Josh Jacobs, twenty at running back, thirty eighth overall. So right at the beginning of round four. I've got him a rank just a tad higher than that. I've got him as my running back seventeen. Um, I think he's going to have a good year. I mean, whereas a couple other guys around him, I have some, some question marks, either injury status or, or them just not being the outright number one. He's competing with Doug Martin. Right. I, I, I've been down Doug Martin road before. It, it's not good. Josh Jacobs had, had production. I think even if at the beginning they give him some kind of a timeshare or have some other guys that are in there with him, nonetheless, at the end of the year when fantasy championships matter most, they're going to hand the reins to Josh Jacobs no matter what, I think, in this offense. So, um, so I've got him 17. I'm, I'm comfortable. I, I, I would much rather have him in round four than round three. But, you know, getting there to the tail end of round three, depending on how the running backs are coming off the board, uh, he, he's a guy that, you know, out of this group that's going down right around this range, he has the most – if you tell me next year one of these guys are going to get drafted top five overall, Josh Jacobs could be that guy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the workload is there for him to uh, take advantage of in drafts. Uh, in the flex draft over the weekend, I took uh, I did take Ertz there at the tail end of round two. Uh, and then Joe Dolan right behind me absolutely killed me and sniped me and took, took Josh Jacobs uh, right after I took Ertz because I had I – had, Josh Jacobs queued up and ready to go. I felt like I was going to have the have the shot at Josh Jacobs there and did miss out on the opportunity. Uh, that's when I went with uh, Kenny Galladay and kind of just reversed field at that point in time. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs uh, sh- easily should finish as an RB2, I think, in fantasy this year if he stays healthy, if he stays on the field. Um, I wonder about his passing game involvement for PPR formats because they do have Jalen Richard there who – typically comes onto the field on third down situations, but that'll be something to monitor earlier on in the season is how much of a workload Josh Jacobs gets and does he stay on the field for third downs? Do you think he stays on the field for third downs and over under 45 catches Josh Jacobs rookie season? I think he's going to go under, but not by much. I think he's going to be that 35 to 40 kind of a range kind of a running back, which, you know, for me is, is some really good numbers. I mean, Rashard, I think he's going to get some catches, but I, 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 I mean, I think they're going to give, if they're smart, they give Josh Jacobs the reins and try to let him run with him and see what happens. There you go. And that's, that is the running backs for the Oakland Raiders, which we'll jump into the receivers. Mr. Frostbite foot himself, Antonio Brown. Please tell me you saw his feet the other. Yeah, I mean, did you see his feet? Yeah, his feet were nasty. If you've not seen it, uh, go find that. Go uh-huh. find that image on Twitter. It was just an absolute horrid uh, view. And full disclosure, I've actually had that happen to my feet once before. 
I was on a trip to the beach one time with the family and I had to walk from point A to point B, tried to walk it without the sandals, absolutely burned the bottoms of my feet, blistered the hell out of them. I mean, it was just bubbles on the bottom of my feet after that point. It was So I've been there. That does not feel, that is not fun for anyone there. And Antonio Brown is, uh, that's why he went to the foot specialist. Uh, they're trying to work out something to get rid of that little condition that he's got at the bottom of his feet, which for some reason was called frostbite earlier today. I don't know how you can have frostbite when it's 90 degrees outside, but that's he, that's neither here nor there. Did you hear, by the before you go into that, did, did you hear Antonio Brown's kid today asking where, where where's Roethlisberger? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah, yeah. So, fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was great. He, he's sitting there, they're playing around in camp today, and his, his son asked, Dad, where, where's Roethlisberger? Woo for the kid there. Atta boy. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. I can't get over that. That's fucking yeah, I'll have to send that to you later. <laughs> so, uh, Antonio Brown, we're seeing him in that mid to late round two area. Uh, I know you're not a fan of Antonio Brown. Um, if the draft price is right, I I wouldn't mind dipping my toes in it, but I do expect to see uh, nowhere near the production that we've accustomed to seeing out of out of Antonio Brown this year in Oakland with Derek Carr throwing him the ball. Uh, so where exactly do you have Antonio Brown? At this point right now, he is my number 14 on the wide receiver board. I, I'm sure nobody else has him ranked that low. Sans me, I am perfectly fine ranking him that low. He is going to a quarterback that cannot throw the ball to a number one receiver. Um, he's going to a much worse offense who I, I don't think is going to utilize his skill set. The guy who I'm taking in this offense is not Antonio Brown. It is Tyrell Williams. We just mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, that he's gone from San Diego. I think with his with his draft and his rankings right now, I think he's going to finish you know right at you know at, at least maybe a, a wide receiver two three kind of kind of range there. I know he's getting drafted a lot later than that, but I yeah. think he's I think he's going to have a good year. I think teams, if you've seen the wide receivers, uh, the cornerbacks, I should say that Antonio Brown has to face this year. Yeah, it's going to be a Tyra, situation. Tyrell Williams is going to – he's going to be – I think Antonio is going to get doubled. I think Tyrell Williams is going to be left open, and he's going to have some ability there. So. Yeah, I, I mean, wide receiver 50 is his ADP right now, so he's outside the top top four wide receiver range. Uh, so Tyrell Williams is definitely a guy that you can get later on in drafts and has a high upside. Uh, I agree with you there. I've not been able to get a hold of Tyrell Williams in any draft so far yet. I uh, kind of keep seeing him fall in that range around Deshaun Jackson, uh, the Anthony Millers, the Dante Moncriefs, and John Browns, and I, I tend to kind of look away and go another direction. Uh, of course, I'm all, most often and not always going to fall on Anthony Miller in those situations because I do expect a big increase from Anthony Miller in year two. Uh, but, yeah, Tyrell Williams is a guy I don't – I mean, if you're getting him at that, at that ADP wide receiver 50 off the board – uh, that's definitely a buy. Uh, lots of lots of room for some upside there. A guy that's going to wind up sneaking into your lineup most weeks, and you're getting him at a very cheap price. Uh, last one I'll kind of point out real quick, though, is you know, we keep hearing good news about him in camp so far is Hunter Renfro. Uh, rookie wide receiver Renfro. Clemson. 
Uh, seems to be locked into the slot receiver position for the Raiders and is probably going to start there for them this year. And we've seen it before with Derek Carr in this offense. There's a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of short line, short from the line of scrimmage type throws. Uh, Hunter Renfro could be a guy that, yeah, a, a name that I like to mention over the over the course of the last year is Adam Humphreys. Do you think that a Hunter Renfro type can give you that fifty catch type season in this offense? In the future, yes. For now, no. Uh, you know, one, one, one move, you know, they've, they've got JJ Nelson in that offense. Uh, they've got Ryan Grant. I mean, they have got a lot of receivers in that offense. I think they Ron Grant have a lot play. of man yeah. guys in that offense. Yeah. They, and, and they, they definitely have some mad guys, but they have some main guys. They've got some guys who put up some fantasy numbers in the past, granted, not a lot of fantasy numbers. I think Hunter Renfro is that guy that, you know, he had a great college career. I think he's going to make a little bit of noise, but for me, he is no better than a poor man's Cole Beasley. I mean, he, he might have a couple weeks here and there, but he's not somebody that I'm going to draft or I'm going to rely on consistently. It's going to go out there and give me another. Maybe in the future, but uh, this is not the year. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind pulling a trigger on him later in a deep draft. So, you know, say 2022 round draft and you got an extra roster spots. I wouldn't mind a, wouldn't mind pulling a little late round flower on a Hunter Renfro. Hunter Just see how the early weeks of the season start off. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, like you mentioned, there's just not much else behind them. I think it's a three-receiver race in that offense. Uh, not much else to go. It's going to be very target-heavy with Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. I think those are going to be your main guys to go to there. Uh, but tight end, Darren Waller. Any interest in Darren Waller at all for fantasy purposes? Could be. I mean, I mean, if if Carr has shown propensity, just like you mentioned earlier, he's Deacon, he's Duncan. Um, if, if anybody can make Jared Cook a viable fantasy option, um, you know, certainly there there is at least room for a very. If you're going to draft a second tight end, or or maybe in some of these really really deeper leagues, taking a third tight end. Darren Waller might not be a bad option. I mean, again, he's not going to be a guy you really would love to see as your number two, but. If you're getting late, there's worse offenses to be able to select, to be able to have a, a tight end. Then finishing off the Raiders, Derek Carr. And no comment. <laughs> <laughs> ADP is at 23 at quarterback, so he's obviously only valued as a QB2 in fantasy. A uh, friend of the show, Mr. Charisma himself, Justin Farley, who's been a staunch supporter of Derek Carr over the last couple of years, Probably will be in love with Derek Carr again this year just based on the weapons that they've added in this offense. Uh, so be ready to see his name flying off the board for Justin Farley drafts. But any interest at all? Uh, like, say say you draft again. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Uh, and you go with a quarter, you go two quarterbacks in your draft, but you draft a guy, say like an Aaron Rodgers, say like a Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, get a guy that you know is going to be playing week in, week out. Do you do you go ahead and pull the trigger on a Derek Carr and just to see if the upside is going to be there, or the or is the best case scenario to draft a Derek Carr along with like a Kyler Murray, Ben Roethlisberger, and play the matchups throughout the season? Um, maybe. Um, look back, Derek Carr last year. How many yards? He was over four thousand yards last year. Granted, he only had nineteen touchdowns. Yep. Um, but he he. Passing wise, had a had a decent year. Um, year. Former MVP potential candidate. Yeah, could could this be a a, a regression back to the other side of the mean there, where he had a you know technically a really bad last couple years? That could happen. Um, I've got him ranked as my number twenty two, so pretty much right where you know right where his ADP is going. You know, if, if it's one of those things for me, you know, and I know I do this in a couple leagues and it might not be a good idea in, in some of these other types of formats there where you can't trade or, or, you know, or you don't necessarily have that room to be able to do it. But, you know, there's some leagues that, you know, I know that you and I are in that if you can trade off a good quarterback, you're going to get a very top flight running back wide receiver. And if I can get somebody like Derek Carr and draft him a little bit earlier, maybe get a number three and hope that he shines out and does something. That's not a horrible option. So, you know, if I can get him at just a really late number two, or if you go with my Colton and the Wolfman draft, he's my number one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, which that you know, is like, well, yeah, that is the best ball draft. It is. And that, which that was what I was going to mention with Derek Carr is that he seems like he would be a perfect candidate to be a best ball quarterback play this year. Uh, someone you can draft a little bit later on and yeah. pop big weeks. You know, every once in a while throughout the season. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him as being consistent, but maybe he's that guy. Before we forget, and, and I, and I almost forgot, I, but I have to do this. Um, <laughs> going back to the Kansas City Chiefs, I have to mention my boy because he is the only person at this position I'm going to mention. But uh, I'm going to mention my number one kicker, and yeah, I am a proponent of. <laughs> Fantasy football kickers, unlike these leagues who are but the not position. on the band kickers train. I'm not. I, you every point that gets scored. Hey, I'm gonna go on my little. I'm gonna go on my little quick rant. Every point that scored in fantasy football, in regular football, should be a fantasy football. Why should my kicker? Why should not you get these points? Just just because just because you gotten screwed over by kickers. You know what? Draft a better kicker. Guess what? You know who the best kicker in the league is? It's butt kicker. Harrison Bucker, baby. <laughs> I got him got him as a rookie there a couple years back once he came out. Led me to fantasy glory. Got him again last year. He's my number one kicker this year. He's your number one kicker. Let's go buck kickers. End of, just, end of the, the kicker is just the most wasted position in all of fantasy football. That's, that's why you see the big influx of leagues that are around that are getting rid of the kicker position. It's just... I, you're you're essentially all it is. You're not really thinking in terms of skill with kickers these days. It's you're playing matchups. Let's be honest, people. You're playing matchups. Yeah, but guess what? Matchups. But get, in every position, you're playing that. Antonio Brown is, in terms of skill, is the 
best wide receiver in the league. But guess what? It's all about the offense you play in and what you're gonna be able to do. It's the same thing with kickers. I don't I don't I just don't get it. I think the kickers are easily crapped on and they're an easy target for people. That's my opinion, and I think I'm right. Yeah, I, well that remains to be seen. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, myself, yeah, of course I'm always going to be a leagues because we can't convince people to change that have kickers involved in them. But yeah, I, I have, I have increased the amount of leagues that I've been in over the last couple of years of no kickers involved in leagues. So yeah, it, it yeah, to Bad. each his own. I like, I like to play, uh, I like ver- variety is the spice of, play. I do want, I, I do like variety. I, I could at least do it. I could at least do a league without a kicker, but you know what, in terms of like, you know, all leagues not having kickers, I'm not a fan. Okay, yeah, there you go. But anyways, we finish off the AFC West with the worst <laughs> team in this division, the Denver Broncos. Uh, not a lot of uh, excitement to be had with this team from a fantasy perspective. Uh, it, outside of the running backs in this offense, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, the newly acquired Theo Riddick, uh, is there any? Do you have any excitement on a player on this roster? And if so, who is it? Yeah, I, I think it's at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, I, I've got a, a Cortland Sutton. Sutton is ranked number thirty-one on my board. I think he has an opportunity to have a great year. Manuel Sanders uh, is there about seems to be almost back to full health already after blowing the Achilles late in the year. Yeah, I mean Emmanuel Sanders when he's been healthy has he outperformed in in years where Demarius Thomas was looked at to be the guy. Emmanuel Sanders is outperforming him. Um, Grant Emmanuel Sanders is starting to get a little older there, but you know Joe Flacco loves him some older receivers. Um, he, he's ranked number thirty nine on my board, so he's ranked at number four. If I'm getting a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who who Granted, in, in what was viewed to be a little bit of a down year last year, 71 receptions for 868 yards. Yeah. Um, and and for me, a, a thing that I look at, granted, we got a different quarterback in tow this year, but get three. I, one of the things, I, and, I'll, and I know Brandon and I play in a couple leagues that, that result and give you a yardage bonus for going over, you know, 100 yards or 300 yards passing, but. Manuel Sanders in limited action last year had three 100-yard touchdown games. Pretty good for somebody that's ranked this late. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I, I am not on the Deshaun Hamilton train like some of these uh, other other pundits out there are. Um, But, I I mean, I had had, uh, Cortland Sutton once Demarius Thomas got traded off last year. He did quite well. He's got a little bit of an upgrade, at least a quarterback this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he might be a guy depending on, you know, who's available right there that I may, may jump on that train. Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned it with Sanders last year. He rebounded from the year prior where he was averaging 46 yards a game up to last year at 72 yards a game. So he was definitely consistent with a bad quarterback situation in Denver, uh, with Case Keenum and like that were going, that were under center for the Broncos last year. Uh, Joe Flacco, I think, brings that veteran presence. Probably starts most of the year for the Denver Broncos. I think it bodes well for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, possibly Court and Sutton. I'm not very high on him. A lot of people are expecting I see a little bit of a breakout out of him. Uh, but I'm probably more riding with Deshaun Hamilton uh, with this receiver group. 
Uh, playing, he's going to be playing a lot out of the slot, and that seems to be where Flacco's eye tends to follow most of the time during his time in Baltimore. He likes to throw to the slot receiver, likes to throw over the middle of the field uh, to that tight end, kind of up the seams. So Deshaun Hamilton is a guy that you can get at a very decent ADP right now, and I think he's going to far exceed the value that you pay for him in drafts. That's the guy that I would probably watch for in this receiving core. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton's probably getting a little bit overvalued at the moment. Uh, getting drafted as kind of like that mid-tier, later-tier wide receiver three, I'm not sure he's going to exceed that value or even meet the value of uh, to that degree. So I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger on a Cortland, Cortland Sutton right now myself. Uh, Backfield-wise for the Broncos, Philip Lindsay, are we feeling better, worse, indifferent with Philip Lindsay as we head into 2019? You know, from from all the news, and I'm, I know you're hearing the same things I am. You know, I, I don't think Philip Lindsay has has done anything to change my outlook on him. Unfortunately, though, it, it seems like uh, you know the offensive coordinator there wants to at least try to mix Royce Freeman into action. At least you know get a little bit more of a sense of what he was about. Um, it, playing, you know, game film out and, and seeing what he did last year, Royce Freeman didn't really do that much. Um, I mean, I like Philip Lindsay this year. I think ultimately he's going to be the guy that finishes higher, but it looks like, you know, the offense is there is going to go to a little bit more of an even split, which is unfortunate for Philip Lindsay. Um, I, at, at this rate, I don't want either guy on my team, at least with, at current, you know, prices of what they're going you know if i'm going to get a guy to be honest it's probably going to be royce freeman and that's I, i'm very hesitant on that but uh yeah i think i really i think royce freeman might be that guy for me that if i'm going to get somebody in that you know rb4 kind of a range he's at least a guy that could could do something you know for me i have him at the very end of my rb4s right now yeah i've uh I've got Royce Freeman, I think, just barely outside uh, the top 36, not by much. Uh, he's probably going to get factored in a little bit more into the running game, like you mentioned as well. I've got Philip Lindsay at 21, so uh, you're probably going to see a little bit of a fall-off with Lindsay. I think, yeah, even though he wasn't exactly really heavily involved in the passing game last year for the Denver Broncos, uh, what he, he went for 35 receptions, 241 at a touchdown last year. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a chance that he can improve upon those numbers, but that was before that acquisition of Theo Riddick. So now uh, Riddick seems to be the guy that's going to be locked into that third down pass catching back role. Uh, hinders a little bit of what Lindsay should be able to do for you in a PPR format. Uh, so yeah, I'm a, uh, I, I'm is of, theoretic though? Is he really going to be locked into that third down role? I, I mean, think I think they're going to really uh, find a way to keep him on the field in pass catching situations. Yes, I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, granted, he's still really, really new in in the camp. There, I mean, if, if but he's Phillip, also a veteran, he is he a veteran. Fill into that. Yeah, he should be able to learn a playbook fairly easy uh, at the running back position. I would think. I think a lot of it depends on how the season goes. I think if these guys, which I would imagine that the Denver Broncos, very well. oh, yeah, down. yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry to my wife and Annie Fran there who have who have <laughs> Broncos season tickets. It's going to be a long year for you guys. 
in, in that offense there. So that that is one reason right there why I don't necessarily see Theo Riddick as if he is going to start the year out as the number three um, back in this offense. I think by mid-year when these guys are, you know, two and five, that why would you why would you keep a veteran like theoretic on third downs? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Why not let your young guys have it and, and gain some confidence? Yeah. So he may start out that way. I don't see it finishing. So if you look at it in that form too, say two and five, is that when Drew Locke enters this fold for the Denver Broncos at quarterback? I mean, not that early. I think it's a little bit more toward like week 11, week 12 kind of range. I think it's more toward the latter half of the year. Um, I don't think Flacco does anything. Uh, you never know. I mean, Flacco was in the situation last year, the Ravens, and, you know, winning games were coming close to it, and, and they just kept throwing Lamar Jackson in there. So could it be a similar situation this year? Yeah, it could be. I mean, if they, if, if it's like that, I mean, Joe Flacco, let's put it like that, is definitely not a guy that I'm taking in any of my drafts. Maybe he's like a Derek Carr in that, you know, if I'm going to get a number three guy out there at quarterback, you know, I, that, that's about the kind of guy that I'm getting. Although, at least with Carr, Carr, I think, could, you know, has at least a very small chance to finish top 12. Flacco has zero chance to finish top 12. Zero. He may have a good game here or there, but I don't see him do a bunch of anything. No, I, I don't at all. I, there's no way that Joe Flacco finishes the season as the Broncos starter. Uh, Locke comes in at some point. They'll want to play uh, now, I, there is a chance that Flacco could finish that. I mean, he, Flacco could be your, your poor man exactly where he just came from, from, from Baltimore. He could be your poor man's Trent Dilfer. You could have, uh, I mean, Vic Fangio is going to come in there and let, and let's talk real quick about the one defense, uh, in this division. Well, actually take that back. The Chargers I have ranked as my number two defense. But my number four defense in in fantasy football is the Denver Broncos. Dick Fanger is coming in with the guys that he has behind him here. They're going to have a great defense. So could, if Flacco's coming in there and game managing, Dinkin and Duncan doing his thing, not throwing picks, and this team is winning games, Flacco's probably not going anywhere. So I think a lot of it hinges on this defense and, and where these guys are going. Yeah, and I mean, I'll put my foot down on it, and I do call Drew Locke entering then as the quarterback for this team at some point this year. Uh, if he does, Drew Locke, any kind of value later on in the season. Uh, he did not look good in that Hall of Fame game the other night. Of course, it's game one early on. Uh, chances to improve, but do you have do you, do you see Locke being a guy that you could potentially use in certain situations later on in the season? Not at all. The, the only the only other the only other rookie quarterback that I'm touching or even think has a chance to do anything outside of Kyler Murray is Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Uh, Drew Locke, if he if he comes in, is is not going to be fancy worthy. I don't think. I agree with you there, said. Uh, any other point you want to make with the Broncos there that we did not touch on? None, man. I, I think we've gone over the, the only the only possibility and the only thing we didn't touch on is you know we we're talking earlier about about Flacco and he has tendency to dump. You know, Flacco does throw the ball to tight ends. Um, Noah Fan is a guy that's right there. I mean, he's yep. got Jeff Hireman ahead of him at this point. I, for me personally, I, I do not think that Noah Fan is going to have any kind of a value this year. No, um, I don't either. I agree with you. I, I, I think I think in the Future Noah fan is going to be a guy that, you know, at some point next year might be somebody 
for me, I've got Noah Fant. I actually, you know, shockingly, I have 41 tight ends ranked on my board, which is the most I have ever had. His position is just that deep. Uh, Noah Fant is ranked as my number 29 tight end. Uh, there's a lot of guys who I think have at least a chance. I don't really necessarily see, at least with the, the more blocking tight ends than offense, he's going to get a lot of time. So, anyway, just name to mention, I think he's going to be more dynasty league worthy. Um, in the future more than he is going to be as far as the value goes here in 2019. Yeah, I agree with you there. I don't, I've not even seen Noah Fant come off any of the boards uh, in any of the drafts that I've been involved in yet. I uh, did not get drafted at all in any of the drafts through the weekend with flex drafts. So uh, just to give you an indication on how even the experts are viewing Noah Fant and his appeal as a fantasy option in 2019. We're not buying in on him whatsoever. Uh, that might be... Uh, only a dynasty player to be had this year when it comes to Noah Fant. Uh, but that puts the bow on the AFC West. Uh, any other any other points you want to make on this division before we wrap up the show? Uh, you know, for me, I mean, at least in terms of AFC teams, I think this is the most exciting division, uh, at least in terms of a fantasy perspective. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that can really do some things fantasy-wise, so... Uh, you know, excited to see what, what, you know, the Raiders offense has and, and the Chargers offense. I think there's definitely going to be some guys that I own, uh, you know, especially on the, the Chargers always seem to be no matter what you, what year, what city that they're in, I've always got some pieces of the Chargers. So, yep. uh, excited just, to, I, I would, I, I would love to have uh, some Melvin Gordon ownership again, but it's going to be kind of tough this year with his little hold out here for me to, to jump in as much as I really want to on Melvin. So, yeah, exactly. What 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 about you? I mean, you know, we touched on it. I mean, it's a little, it's very very in detailed and uh, uh, a lot of depth with this division. Uh, a lot of a lot of pieces to be had that can give you a lot of value in fantasy football this year. Uh, not too many sleepers that are out there. I think it's very top heavy. Uh, the guys that you know that will be value for you in fantasy football, we know the names. There are also guys that are going to be going earlier on in drafts. Uh, but, you know, you do have a few names that are out there, like the Darwin Thompson, like I mentioned as well. Uh, so, you know, keep an eye on some of these guys as the as the preseason games uh, unfold. Let's see how some of these players are used, how they're utilized in offenses, and even the veterans. Let's see how they're used in some of these offenses early on. But, you know, one thing we do know, Kansas City is going to give you a lot of points. San Diego is going to give you a lot of points. Uh, just the question marks right now are solely on the Raiders and the Broncos when it comes to fantasy potential in 2019 with the AFC West. Uh, but that pretty much wraps it up for the AFC West this week. Uh, we're going to wind up. Next podcast going to talk a lot. Jump over to my division, the NFC East, over to the other, the other side of the uh, – conference now finally getting in the nfc we're going to talk some nfc east we're going to talk dallas cowboys we're going to talk some philadelphia eagles next week and maybe washington maybe new york i don't know uh, i think it's about where, where we were talking about the afc west i think the nfc east is probably the most exciting and, and undetermined division in the nfc so stay tuned there you go that will be that will be on the next podcast probably going to try to get that out later on this week not as long a wait as you've probably had for this podcast, but like I said, travel uh, business to, was for me to be had in New York City this last weekend. Uh, but I, of course, want to thank Full Time Fantasy Network. 
uh, for having us on here, having us a platform for us to put this fabulous podcast out there for you, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, do want to mention Play FFWC one more time. Want to throw out FanDuel as well. Promo code WooFantasy for some free extra cash for all you new FanDuel users out there. Definitely jump in on that. Uh, but that does it for us this week. Nick, where can they find you on Twitter? So I mean, the real FF goat. Real FF goat. Of course, I am Roto Superstar on Twitter. And the show's podcast account for this absolutely great show that you're listening to right now is Woo underscore Fantasy on Twitter. Give us a follow there. Uh, shoot us some comments. Anything you want to have discussed on the show, we will take care of that for you moving forward and into the regular season. Uh, so shoot us some comments there. We will gladly appreciate that from you. Uh, but for Nick and myself and everyone out there in the Woo Nation, we will talk to you next week on another episode of a Woo! Woo! Fantasy! Fantasy!